Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. First Line brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Firstline is hosted by Anchor. Firstline can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Stitcher, Amazon and Audible, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castro, Player FM, Podbean, TuneIn, Reason, and iHeartRadio. Hello everyone, you're listening to First Line and this is a follow-up to last week's episode that was on more of the unhealthy defense mechanisms and I mentioned in that episode and just to be clear during this episode too that most people will have a mix of unhealthy and healthy defense mechanisms and, and ways of coping so I don't want anyone to think that they are just black and white, either healthy or unhealthy. Everyone is in between the two, and chances are, if you listen to my previous episode and this episode, you will find that you have used a few of these different defense mechanisms in your life, and when you think about family members or friends, you can probably identify that they use a range of defense mechanisms as well. But some defense mechanisms are a little bit healthier than others. And these are words that I use. Usually the words that are used to describe defense mechanisms are by levels. And level one is the pathologic defense mechanism. Level two is the immature defense mechanism. Level three is the neurotic type. And level four is the mature type. So this episode, I'll speak a little bit more about the neurotic type. But it's also, I mentioned this last episode, and I'll mention it again also, is that defense mechanisms are your unconscious way of coping with stressors in your life, whether that's anxiety, sadness, anger, just general stress. So it it's your body and your mind's unconscious response to this, which is somewhat out of your control and dictated by how you were raised different trauma that you may have had in your life. So there's a lot of factors here. It's definitely a nature and nurture going on. But I think the first step with taking on better coping strategies and minimizing usage of unhealthy defense mechanisms is to acknowledge that you're using these defense mechanisms and then try to get at the why behind it and therapy is very helpful for this. I am always a proponent that really everyone should be in therapy, but especially if you identify some of these more unhealthy defense mechanisms, then therapy would would definitely be helpful, especially cognitive behavioral therapy to really get at the pattern of thoughts and behaviors that you have in your life in order to make changes. And I do have an episode 
where I talk about the different types of therapy. It was from a few weeks ago, so you can go back um, a few episodes in season two. But if you haven't already listened to last week's episode as well, you can listen to this one first and then that episode. It doesn't really matter what order. But it might be helpful to even re-listen to that episode after listening to this one so that you can compare and contrast some of these defense mechanisms. So the, the term neurotic is typically used to refer to a personality disorders or personality traits without it actually fitting the criteria for a personality disorder. So these are not quite at the level of a mature defense mechanism, but it's also not at the level of an immature defense mechanism. It it will happen, may happen more likely in, in people that have um, mental health diagnoses, and also that includes personality disorders as part of that as well. But really, anyone can have these neurotic defenses as well. The first one I'll talk about is externalization. And this is a way of removing blame from oneself and putting it on external factors, kind of blaming their situation and really having more of like a fixed mindset that things can't change because things are out of your control. The person that experiences externalization could be actually making conscious decisions that increase conflict and may even be sabotaging themselves, but they continue to not see their own role in it and place the blame on external circumstances. And this is very common with individuals that have substance use disorders, and that includes alcoholism, opioid addiction, and other types of addiction as well, that they they don't really see their own role in it. They blame their use on other things. People with ADHD can also deal with a lot of externalization, that it is all about their classroom setting or their work setting that uh, is not accommodating towards them. And this might cause both of these groups of people to not actually seek care for either their addiction or their ADHD because they think that even, even if they realize and acknowledge that they do have a problem and they get medication they actually don't think that that's the problem they don't think it's about themselves they really do think it's about external factors that will still be there even if they receive help the next defense mechanism um, that is considered a neurotic defense mechanism is controlling and this is Kind of similar in that uh, someone will attempt to control the environment. Uh, so instead of just blaming the environment, they still hold that their environment is important, but instead they choose to change their environment in order to affect themselves. So this is especially very prominent with people that have anxiety and that also includes OCD as part of that as well that they will manipulate their circumstance in their environment in order to reduce their anxiety and this can be very 
obsessive about different things in their life. And this can also relate to controlling other people as well. The next neurotic defense mechanism I want to discuss is displacement. And this is the shifting of the target of your emotion from one thing to another, essentially. So one common example that I hear is someone punching a wall when having an argument with someone. So they feel anger towards a person, but instead of acting on the anger towards the person, they act on the anger towards an inanimate object such as a wall. Or this can be um, someone who encounters a lot of stress at work and then coming home and acting, acting angry towards their family members. And a lot of times the examples for this is anger, but it also doesn't necessarily need to be anger. And you might remember from last week's episode that there was something called projection, which is actually pretty similar to displacement, but remember that projection shifts thoughts that someone has about themselves onto another person, whereas displacement is from one person or object to another person or object. The next one I'll touch on is is intellectualization, which is a very common one. So this really is really entails someone avoiding some sort of emotion and distancing themselves from a stressful situation or any stressor. And they do this by using logical reasoning. So a common example used here is when someone is diagnosed with cancer, they start researching everything that there is to know about cancer and really getting in depth into the different treatment options. And they do this all without expressing any emotion because I think the most common reaction to a diagnosis of cancer is probably to cry or maybe to feel angry or to feel distraught, disappointed, sad, depressed. But intellectualization is used when that person shows no emotion, but they try to reason through things and they just leap to the next step in in looking at how are we going to fix this. So they kind of bottle up that emotion really deep down inside. This also doesn't have to be a cancer diagnosis. It could be losing a job and just getting right back on a job search website without without feeling any emotion. The next one is isolation of effect. And this involves, and this is very, very similar to intellectualization. However, it doesn't include any of the logical reasoning. Um, instead, it is more of a lack of emotion entirely without really any, any reaction. And it, it's really the ultimate just acceptance of something being stated as fact. It's very common with emotional stress and also trauma as well. And often uh, people that experience this are able to recall in detail what happened 
However, they do not show any emotion towards it and they're really unable to to put into words what they're feeling because they they really don't feel much. And in both of these you can kind of tell are really good examples of how our minds unconsciously save ourselves from a very stressful situation that can include trauma as well. Something that would would otherwise be very devastating to us, very anxiety-provoking, and from a biological standpoint would put us in a vulnerable situation where we would be vulnerable to danger, essentially. So it's actually a protective mechanism for us to have some of these defense mechanisms. And a lot of times these are learned behavior that if we had... If we had at one point, um, it could be in childhood or it could be in adulthood where we had an experience of isolation of effect and it worked, it got rid of our anxiety, it protected us, then when we have a lesser threat, a lesser stress, we might use that same technique unconsciously and it can develop a pattern of behavior. But is this really healthy in the long run? Probably not. It was probably a good protective mechanism to have the first time. But when we really get habituated to it and it's causing us to be very isolated from our emotions and really not in tune with our emotions at all, then this can lead to a lot of problems down the line and for these people that's by therapy and especially with people that have experienced trauma trauma focused therapy is very important and kind of similar to especially intellectualization there's one called rationalization which kind of takes a bad situation and makes excuses for it or an explanation that justifies what is going on and this could be someone getting a, a bad grade and saying it's because the, the teacher doesn't like them. Um, or someone that doesn't get a promotion at work and they said it's, and it's because they weren't in the right place at the right time. Even though there could be, could be other explanations like someone that didn't actually study for the test or um, in the work situation, someone that wasn't performing as, as well as his colleague. So this really is also a defense mechanism that avoids that self-blame. So kind of like that externalization, but a little bit more focused on creating a rational explanation for things, but very much related to both intellectualization and externalization. The next neurotic defense mechanism is called reaction formation, and this involves someone having a thought that causes them stress or anxiety, and they don't want to have this, this thought, then they actually have a form of denial and they actually, their behavior appears to be as if they have that opposite thought. So they have a thought, they deny it, they act the opposite way. Very common with anxiety. 
this could be someone that is really scared of public speaking and they are afraid that they're going to embarrass themselves. And in reaction formation, they'll do the opposite. They'll they'll audition for a musical and join the debate team or run for class president, things like that. Or if someone has very low self-esteem and they have reaction formation, they might um, instead act very pompously. And this is actually very common in narcissistic personality disorder, which I've, I've discussed previously. Someone might also really dislike someone and they don't want to feel that way and they don't want to have those thoughts of disliking someone so they actually act as if they are best friends with someone and the next one i'll discuss is called repression and this is one that sounds pretty similar and is pretty similar to another one that i'm going to talk about as a mature defense that is called suppression but to start out repression is the removal of thoughts from conscious awareness and this is done unconsciously so it is your body's unconscious instinct to remove bad thoughts from your mind and it's this phenomenon of not being able to recall certain memories from childhood and not not really be being sure why and a lot of therapy focuses on retrieving some of these memories so this could be someone that, as a child, um, had had an experience of almost drowning um, or even being resuscitated, and later in life they have a fear of swimming, but they're not really sure why, and they, they don't actually have that memory anymore. This can also be common with uh, people that were abused, um, like child abuse, uh, this can also occur as an adult that you might have limited memory from a previously abusive relationship. Uh, you could also have no memory from any sort of trauma as well. And again, if you want to hear more about therapy, I had I have a few episodes on different types of therapies from a few weeks ago. And this might sound a little bit like dissociation. So dissociation is the next neurotic defense mechanism that I'll discuss. So so dissociation actually refers to modifying your identity or your memory or even your actions to avoid emotional distress. So this can kind of like... Regression uh, lead to someone that has partial or no recollection after having some sort of trauma. But part of this is also someone might not even remember who they are. They might not know how to move. They kind of just dissociate from their body. And part of the dissociation is also that it can occur as the trauma or as a stressful situation is happening as well that someone can just be removed from their kind of removed from their body so that they don't fully experience the emotional impact of a stressful situation so again this is a protective mechanism in order to 
protect your conscious mind from something that could be very damaging and very traumatic later on. The last neurotic defense mechanism I'll discuss is called inhibition. And this really refers to just the conscious decision to limit what you say or what you do based off of avoiding stress or anxiety. So this is very common in anxiety disorders. I especially think of social anxiety disorders where you know that going out um, or public speaking is going to be anxiety provoking. So you actually limit yourself from participating in those circumstances. And that's a defense mechanism because it's a way that you can protect yourself from increased anxiety. And this can also be related to interpersonal relationships where you don't want to bring up a concern that you have because you think it might start a fight. Let me know that you like First Line. If you are listening on Spotify, tap the star to rate the show. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Scroll down and tap to rate or write a review. Thank you so much for your support. You can follow First Line on Instagram at First Line Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash First Line Podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday.